0: please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to The New Man, beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Tripp Lemire.
1: Do you feel drained when comparing yourself to others? Is trying to act like an alpha male the least alpha thing you could do? And what's the fastest path to self-confidence? Fitness hero John Romanello is here to discuss how to ditch making comparisons, how to follow your own path, and why low testosterone could be killing your fire for life. welcome to the new man today we're talking with John Romanello he is the co-author of man 2.0 engineering the alpha a real world guide to an unreal life John welcome to the show
2: thank you so much for having me to really appreciate it
1: well today we're talking about snuggling <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you are ranked number three in the world so walk walk me through yeah. what is it what does it take to be a, a a a world-dominating snugglers? I mean, you don't get a boner when you're rubbing up against somebody? What's what's the skill set? Yeah, you
2: definitely do not want to get aroused when you're snuggling. You really have to just, you know, there's a lot of discipline involved (laughs) in just maintaining control and composure. In general, you know, your body is always wanting to have this reaction, but you just can't. You just have to, your, your mind has to take control. It's a lot of discipline. It's a lot of training. It's not easy, but it is. It's uh, a lot of fun.
1: Okay, we're just rubbing. We're not going to penetrate. You have to. That's the mantra. It's just like that's where you got to go. Right. Okay. All right.
2: Good. Actually, all, all all joking aside, there is this interesting thing in New York City. Uh, I don't know if, if it exists elsewhere in the world, but I assume it must. Called snuggle parties or cuddle parties. I think they're called.
1: Yeah, they're big in San Francisco too. Yeah, basically, people just get in a room and they
2: cuddle. There's no sex. You can't make a move. You're just... People just cuddling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's always going to be one guy, though, that that goes for it. He's like, let me just see if I can just put a hand here, see what happens. You can always
2: reach out. You never know.
1: All right. So... What we're really talking about today is your new book, and I got to admit, like when I saw the alpha thing, I get the—I used to get seduction stuff, and I, I always shied away from it. I didn't—I didn't really want to feature it on the new man. I saw this alpha thing, and, it, and the, the red flags went off, and I—I I was just like, oh my god, they're still doing the shit. But you—you—you got—you guys, guys are redefining the alpha and what it means to be an alpha. Um, and so we're going to talk a bit about that today, but we're also going to be talking about um, this kind of trap that, that guys get into, where they're just their whole life, whether they realize it or not, they're kind of walking through life comparing themselves to others, and, and that's what a huge trap that is. So I was wondering if we could kick it off. You, you had a you have you've got a really cool story about having this moment of like what it really meant for you to be successful and um, you kind of a, an awakening and epiphany around that. Would you, would you share that with us?
2: Uh, <laughs> it's a really interesting story. Uh, I got into fitness through my body transformation. I, I, you know, I was a chubby kid and then I saw a picture of myself and I said, I don't want to be fat anymore. And so I went through this dramatic body transformation and then I, I was training, I became a trainer, and I eventually started competing in bodybuilding. And I did it for a few years, and I remember specifically one time, I, I was probably 24, 25, and I was on stage in my underwear, as you are, as a bodybuilder.
1: <laughs> what color, though? What, what color? Give me the color.
2: Uh, so, yeah, I, I, was wearing, I always wore a, a uh, wore. Purple posing trunks. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of purple. All right, uh, it, you know it's, it's the official color of the emperors of Rome, and since everyone calls me Roman, it seems to make sense. Um, All right,
1: and a, and a throw out to yeah. Prince, right? A little little nod to Prince, yeah, and okay. of course,
2: and of course, Prince. Okay, good. So I'm up there my, my purple, not quite a thong, but definitely a bikini, You know, sweat <laughs> like the apocalypse is imminent, and. Um, I just, uh, I was up there, it was like in the routine, uh, the part of the, the night that's what's called a pose down, and it's when all three competitors, or all five competitors in a given <clears throat> weight class or, or class, just sort of get together on stage and just go through a freestyle, just, just flexing at each other, basically. Yeah. And it's, it's a hilarious thing to see, but at the time, I thought it was, you know, like just what you do. And... um. Yeah, I, it just it just stopped. Whatever happened, I don't. I couldn't tell you exactly, but there was a switch that went off inside me, and I was like, "This is stupid. I don't want to do this anymore." And not because I think bodybuilding is stupid. I just think that I was done with it. Hmm. And I think that for me, what happened when I started analyzing it was that I just I didn't like this competitive, multi-person aspect to what for me was a very individualistic pursuit. And so I just didn't want to compare myself to other people because it it really puts you in a negative headspace. I listen, I have a great body and like anyone else, I have insecurities about it. And and it just was awful for me to just be like constantly thinking if only my quads were bigger, my life would be better. And just weird things like that, that you only think when you're a bodybuilder or a fitness model. And so I just didn't want to be compared to other people. I didn't necessarily want to be the best or have the best body on that stage. I just wanted to have the best version of my body, and that's really where a lot of this concept coming uh, comes from. I, I just, I just don't, I don't want to be compared to others. I just want to focus on how I can be. Good for
1: me. Well, that's such a big deal because it's not that, because I can see where some guy just like bodybuilding sucks, fitness sucks, I'm out of here, kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. What you're saying is like, I don't, this isn't the way I want to do it. This isn't what it's about for me being compared to others. It's really about finding my own expression of this and doing something that I'm excited about or what I'm into. Is that, is that what you're saying? Kind of more intrinsically motivated versus, well, I don't, I only know if I'm good if, if these judges and these other guys say I'm good?
2: Right. The whole thing with being an alpha male is that that term simply means that you are the most dominant or the most, um, uh, the highest level of a group of people. And that's a really dangerous mindset because it means that you're only drawing your value comparatively. And so everything that I teach is trying to push away from. Comparing yourself to other people and only focusing on intrinsic value rather than comparative value. Exactly right, Phil.
1: Okay. Well, it's such a big deal because you, you know you said if only my quads were bigger than you know X Y Z, but so many guys are living their lives if only this than that. But it's all external shit. It's all this stuff that says, you know, it's basically something else out there gets to decide if I'm okay in here. I'm attaching my self-worth to the outcome of this thing out here instead of being more internally driven based on what I want. And so, what was your path? You had this realization. So, was it, how, how did you kind of make the switch? I imagine it's not really overnight. Well, walk me through it. How do, you know What does it look like to start to make that turn for yourself?
2: Uh, that's really interesting. I I don't know that I've ever thought about that. I think that the first thing that I did was stop allowing external noise in, uh-huh. which happens a lot, you know, especially in bodybuilding. You just external noise comes from everywhere. You know, you're always looking at pictures of other bodybuilders and you're always, you know, reading articles about how other people train. And it's just it's a lot of external noise. But. Winds up in, in the canon of your headspace, and so I, I just I remember that when I stopped bodybuilding, I really stopped reading fitness magazines for like three or four months, and I just focused on my clients. I didn't look at pictures on the internet or any of these other things. I just really focused on uh, just making progress in the gym and just being happy and hanging out with my friends more and uh, and all that stuff
1: well I would, I would just say it sounds like to me you know when i'm working with guys or even in my own personal life it just comes back to that when i feel like my energy is just way out there like like you said like it's either magazines or tv store shows or whatever it's just all over the place it's like i've lost track of what i want like in any given situation how do i want to respond to what's going on um i could feel it like i get like it's that's that's a great Thing about meditation, it's just like you just zip it right back up, and you come back into that into the present moment, and get you you know reclaim yourself from all this other crap out there. Does that resonate for you?
2: Absolutely. You know, just look at the way that we respond to marketing. You know, we start lusting after these things that we don't really need because the marketing affects us in a way. So that's that's external noise. If you've never seen a commercial for a Porsche or or an Audi or whatever, you're not going to want it. But you know this. I, I just remember when I bought, uh, you know, my my very first new car, uh, which was a Honda Accord. I was really excited about it. I had looked at buying an Acura, and I just it was just too much money. It was like ten thousand dollars more for essentially the same car as a high level Accord, thought the Accord. it made the irresponsible decision, and I remember that day being tainted by this feeling that, oh, well, it's not, it's not an Acura, and. That's ridiculous. Like, I was buying a new car. It was was my first new car. It was this great accomplishment in my life. I felt successful. Like, my business was doing well. I was, like, only 23 years old. I'm buying a new car with my own money, like, being awesome. And instead, like, I've let this external noise of society into my brain that tells me that fundamentally an Acura is better than a Honda. And I let that fuck with me intrinsically, you know? So that's just a really good metaphor for, you know, how we judge ourselves by other people. You know, if if nobody ever owned an Acura, you wouldn't care about Acura, but because it's perceived as more money, more success, sexier, whatever else, all of these things. And it really, it really screws with you. So very simply for me, I have always been really, or have since been really, really, Sort of draconian with trying not to let other stuff in. It's really hard, though. You know, when you run an online business, particularly one that generates a lot of income, and you roll with a, hot, a lot of high-level entrepreneurs, it's hard because you know the conversations about money happen, and you start to feel bad, and you're just like, oh man, like if I was working harder, I'd be making more money. Mm-hmm. And and I so I've just learned to stop doing that, and so to let in the extra noise of wanting that specifically because other people have it and it's this its illusory quantifier of success. It's just, it's really not what I need to be doing. And so I just really try to stay away from that.
1: Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up because it's, there's somehow this like, we equate, you know, there's a quantifiable world, you know, more money equals more this, or if that guy's got that, if he's got the Acura and I've got the Honda, then I'm missing out on something. It's just, like you said, it's illusory. It's it's not real. Um, but, but, But bringing it back in, what's my actual experience? Am I already okay? And I don't think a lot of us take that time to say, yeah, am I already okay? Am I already happy as the way I am? A lot of times if if we don't take that time to just come back to ourselves and say, "Yeah, what is my experience? How am I doing? What's really most important? What do I want? What do I really want?" Uh, I think we get caught up in that. It's a mind fuck. We just it's just on and on and on and on and on because you know what? We're never going to be enough. It's never going to be enough if you get on that train. Is that what you is that what you see? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well let's talk a little bit about the alpha because, you know, on one hand this could be kind of a pathological approach, you know, needing to be dominant, needing to be on top of other people, that people are only in our lives just so we can be on top of them, basically. But you you guys are reclaiming that word. Walk us through that. What's the healthy version of an alpha? Why would we want to go through this process to to find our own?
2: Well, the first thing in terms of like how to stop thinking about dominating other people and how to not view people as steps for your advancement. The best way that I always put is that for me, what's very helpful is I was a big nerd. I, I am a big nerd. And when I was in high school, I played Dungeons and Dragons. Uh huh. And so if you've seen Lord of the Rings, you have like a sort of fundamental idea of what, what I'm talking about here, right? In, uh, in Dungeons and Dragons, the goal is to have a balanced adventuring party. And so you have characters that have different skill sets that are necessary and usable in different situations. And sometimes you need uh, a thief or a rogue to sneak around and pick locks and open treasure chests. Other times you need a wizard to, you know, cast these spells and, or, or a priest to heal you if you've been injured. Sometimes you need a warrior, you know. And in, in our culture, this swaggering, cocky warrior with this big sword which is certainly, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, symbolic of something, Um, is that's the alpha, right? But what if we were all alphas? What if in a Dungeons & Dragons adventuring party, instead of having an archer, a wizard, a priest, a thief, a fighter, instead you just had five fighters? Five guys in big armor with big swords, charging around, swinging at things. What if you run into an obstacle you can't overcome? What if there's... A, a counter spell that you need to get through a certain gate, or what if you need uh, to open a lock, or what if, what if one of you dies and there's no priest to resurrect you? And this is the metaphor for my life and the way that I view people. I am very interested in collecting people who are awesome and who can help me and who I can help. I don't need to be the best in the world at everything, and I shouldn't want to be. You can never get there. You can't be the best at everything. You can only be the best at your one thing. And so the goal for me is always to elevate other people and bring them into the fold, people who can do things that I can't. And so immediately, by being the alpha version of me, the most actualized, confident version of myself who is not afraid of other people succeeding because, you know, some erroneous notion that might make me look bad, I'm happy to elevate people. I'm always promoting other people. I'm always happy to to show love. And so that's a that's a really big thing. Does that
1: make sense? Absolutely. It's it, it's this uh, it's this sense of like I'm already strong, therefore I have something to give the world. Versus I'm here to take from the world. I'm here to get from the world. I'm here to you're you're basically here for to kind of fill something up for me. Versus how can we help each other? How because we're going to be stronger with each other. We're gonna we're gonna get farther. We're gonna have more of an adventure. We're gonna have more fun if we're in this together, but that's challenging to the guy that has a low self-esteem and he needs other shit to help him feel better about himself or that he just sees the world as this, com- you know, giant comparison. Am I up to the standard? Or am I below it? Where is that, where am I defined by that? And so I'm getting like, it takes a deep amount of trust. Will I be okay if I'm in a group? Because if I don't trust the group or I think that the group is going to somehow belittle me, um, that can be kind of confronting. Is that, does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, this is such a mind shift from uh, basically kind of me against the world to who can, who can I, who can I uh, contribute to, who can contribute to me, how can we do this together? And so there's there's a bit of a, a leap. And You know, you we we talk a lot about the hero's journey in the book, but this is, this is going to be one of those leaps. We grab the rope and we're going to jump across this thing. Um, so walk us through that. The easiest
2: way to begin a mental shift is with a physical shift. I really believe that. And so the first step is trying to attain physical mastery. So I think that if you if you strive to achieve physical mastery and you're really focused on bending your your body to your will and molding it to your will, then that teaches you a lot of things, not only about how to change, but also about the things that are required to change. And once you've done this thing, that you previously thought was impossible, it's very easy to start doing more impossible things. Twelve years ago, before I went on my body transformation, I would not have ever thought that I could start a business that would do seven figures or that I could write this book that I, I believe will be a bestseller, that because I went through that transformation, that gave me the confidence to say, you know what, screw it, I can do this.
1: The body becomes this training ground. It sounds like what you're saying is like the body becomes this training ground. Hey, I can't, I can't really change those people over there. I can't really change the world, but you know what? I can't focus on me and I can't focus on my own body, and that's going to be a journey in and of itself. I'm going to learn things. I'm going to learn about my own experience. I'm going to learn about what works, what does not. I'm going to go. I'm going to be challenged. I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to come out the other side, um, and that's what's going to basically become the training ground for me to go basically repeat this over and over and over again in my life. Is that what you're saying?
2: Right, precisely. Because the thing is, the skills that you learn in transformation, whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual or psychological, whatever type of transformation you have, the skills that you learn there are transferable to other parts of your life. And so I really believe that changing your body will teach you how to change your relationships, will teach you how to be more successful in business, all of these things.
1: Okay. So your body, you know, the the big point of the book is really about the body. It's really about fitness. Um, and a lot of it comes down to hormone optimization. So I just, I just crossed the 40 threshold and definitely feel different than I did at 30. Um, so... Talk to me about hormone optimization. Why is that such a big deal? Because there's a lot of guys out there moving plates around and shoving shit in the air and all that kind of stuff. But you know, you guys really drive this this um, this point about hormones uh, into play and how it affects everything else. I didn't realize how deep it went. Um, so, give us just a little bit of, of information about how hormones basically are at the at the core of this. You know, building our confidence and everything else that we want in the world.
2: Hormones are are like sort of the key to everything. It's it's, it's somewhat frightening just how much they come into play. You don't realize this, but your hormones affect how your body looks. They affect how quickly you recover and not just from your workouts, but also from injuries and from sickness. Your hormones affect your mindset. Uh, Low testosterone, for example, has been shown to cause depression, anxiety, and even thoughts of suicide. And low hormones can affect, or, or imbalance hormones can affect your sex life. For example, if you have low testosterone, you're going to have a low sex drive, and that can really mess with you. I, I, I went through it myself. I was 20, 24 years old, 25 maybe. Yeah. So I, I moved in with this wonderful girl. We were dating. Things were going amazing. We moved in together. Had this like, you know, that six-month period where you're like playing house the first time you live together, and you... They learned to cook together and all these cute things. And then, and we had a great sex life. It was really awesome. And then it stopped. It just, we just stopped having sex. It was like, you know, went from twice a day to twice a week to nothing in a very short period. And I think we might've had sex like eight times the last eight months of our relationship. And a lot of them were on like birthdays and holidays. Wow. And it really, it destroyed the relationship because the lack of sex, leads to a lack of intimacy and a relationship can't function like that. Mm -hmm. And I remember specifically when she asked me the first time, you know, one or two months into this, she said, why don't we have sex anymore? And I realized that it was my fault that I was no longer interested in, interested in sex. And it's not that I wasn't interested in sex with her, which perhaps I could have written off as, you know, just boredom in a relationship. I was just not into it. After we broke up, um, you know, which was several months later. I spoke to a friend and, and, you know, I was going, I was, now I was like super depressed. Like during this time, I had lost some muscle. I had gained fat because I had no motivation, no drive to do anything. Because what people don't tell you is that your sex drive and your, your general life drive come from the same place in the brain, in the brainstem. So sex drive and ambition are literally intrinsically related. And because I had no sex drive, I was not accomplishing things. I wasn't working on any big projects. I was just kind of floating along in, in this, not, not quite stasis, more like a stagnation. Yeah. And eventually a friend of mine said, get your testosterone levels checked. And I was like, that's crazy. I'm 24 years old, 25. There's no way. And lo and behold, my testosterone was low. And I, thankfully, the solutions were very simple. And we share all of those in the book because it's really important stuff.
1: You know, when you when you talk about that, when you were listing your um, symptoms of being, you know, of having low testosterone, I was thinking about like, how many guys do I, am I talking to? Uh, you know, I get emails from guys, I talk to guys in coaching sessions, and it's just like, how much of this is is related to testosterone? Because in their head, it's it's not enough money, not enough status. Their wife isn't hot enough. Uh, the fire's just gone out of here and there. They've kind of placed it again. They've done this the trap thing of it's something out there, whereas it might be something very simple, or at least one part of it may be just this. Simple biological aspect of it. Um, and so, yeah, why not check that out too? Get your body back in, uh, in order and get everything in, in harmony again. And then, then take an assessment of your life and see how you're feeling. And whenever you're fired up and you got a boner for life and you want to get out there and do it. Um, and, and, and I like how your book offers some ways to do this that are more natural, let's say, than creams and pills and, and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Tell us where we can pick up the book. Um, What's the best way? Because it sounds like you've got some other things to offer as well. So where where do we go to get the book?
2: Absolutely. Uh, Well, you can certainly get the book on Amazon if you just want to make it easy. If you go to engineeringthealpha.com, we are actually... We prefer that you order there because even if you just buy one copy, we're going to send you a bunch of bonuses on the download page. So you'll actually be... Instead of having to wait for shipping to get started, we're actually going to send you stuff that you can do immediately after you've ordered the book. So you don't have to like wait a week to get started.
1: Very cool. All right. Well, I, I've enjoyed the book. You made it a lot of fun and you've also driven it home for me how important hormone optimization is, especially for someone that's uh, at my stage of the game. So uh, John Romanello, author of co-author of Man 2.0, Engineering the Alpha, A Real World Guide to an Unreal Life go to engineeringthealpha.com. John, thank you so much. Thank you, Trip.
2: Really appreciate it. Thanks
1: everybody. There's so much more to the New Man than these interviews. So visit the newmanpodcast.com and join the mailing list so you never miss another update. Thanks for listening.